Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Doing something we don't do very often around here. Uh, not that we don't have fun with every show, because we do have fun with every show, but every once in a while we get a guest where it's even more fun than fun even more enjoyable, even higher energy than normal. And so we just say, well, why don't you just come back? And this one said, yes. So Crystal, hi, welcome back. I mean, it's been a what month, five weeks since we last saw you, but something you like that. I'm yeah. doing great. Yeah. I've really been looking forward to this. I really felt like I connected with y'all's vibes. So I'm glad to be here. We like to be high vibe around here. Yeah. Yes, so, sometimes too. it vibrates so high that technology goes wacky, but we're counting on that not happening today. Today's <laughs> going to be a nice, clean technology day. Awesome. Um, but let me check in with uh, my friends over in the UK. Uh, first of all, I, I guess you guys have now shifted over to the uh, the, the daylight savings like we did a couple of weeks ago. So we're all kind of like on yeah, the same. It's, not, it's 9 p.m. again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so it's, it's normal. Yeah. Which is, it's you know, normal, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's LOA today. Normal is what it is. <laughs> and Louis, you changed your background. You, you, you're changing it. Yeah, every week. Yeah. Is it like a, is it like uh, the slide of the week? I mean, what is it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the Austrian um, Alps where I go to every Christmas. So, you know, okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, the, the view from my bedroom window when I wake up in the morning. Oh wow. yeah. That's tough. Well, <laughs> it's tough. <guys>. Somebody <laughs> has to enjoy it. You know? <laughs> so I don't know exactly where we're going to go with this today. Uh, Cause we, we pretty much covered your story last time, Crystal, but um, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of go with a, a, a wild question here to get the thing started. And then we'll just see where it goes. My, my wild question is what's been going on in the five weeks since we talked? I mean, is there anything that has jumped out? Because what often happens, somebody appears on the show, um, we have a great, you know, a great visit. We talk about some really cool stuff. And then often a few weeks into the period after that, something shifts. And it's usually something we can tie back to the show. So I'm just wondering, is there anything that's happened that you can kind of tie back to the last time you were on the show? Um, well, I kind of have been in an interesting season of reflection. You know, I've been doing spiritual work, if you will, for many, many, many years. And I've kind of just been hanging back a little bit and checking out what's happening with the field of spirituality. And you can almost say these days we can call it an industry of spirituality. Back when I came out, like I've had a YouTube for over a decade and I've been you know, online since the 90s doing readings and things like that. Back when I came out, uh, the field was a bit different, um, a bit more authentic, if you will. And mm. I kind of consider myself a little of an innovator. You know, I started uh, a community several years ago. I've been doing online courses. Um, I've been kind of offering what I'm so passionate about for a long, long time. But as the industry and the field kind of develops, I'm sitting, I'm hanging back and wondering, hmm, am I really a am I really in alignment with this anymore? Ooh. It seems to me that there's a lot of what I would call performative spirituality happening in this space. A lot of people and gurus who um, don't, I, I just feel like I can't connect to them. So I've been asking the question in my heart, like, 
how do I really connect to people in a way that they can feel as another spiritual person, as somebody who has been teaching for many years, like how do I make myself accessible in a real way and differentiate myself maybe from some of what I see happening in this space? That's been my that's been my mindset, my mind space for the last few weeks. And some interesting things have been happening because, of course, whenever we ask the universe to show us what is possible, the universe will do exactly that. So there's been a lot of interesting things happening, serendipitous things for me. It's Among other things, it sounds like you coined a word. It's, it's a word I've never heard before, performative. So I like that one. Oh, you know. Okay, yes. <laughs> it, I mean, we'll, we'll credit Crystal Ann with that one because it's a really good word. Yeah. But what, I mean, is, what does that mean to you when you, when you said you're, you're, you're seeing it? Uh, more per- performative type stuff out there. What does that mean to you? Mm, talking points, affirmations, but not a lot of real world experience. Um, uh-huh. You know, if you go up on Instagram, you see a lot of uh, folks kind of dancing around and filters and just this kind of false projection of themselves that, I mean, as spiritual people or people who are attuned to energy, I feel like we can sniff that out right away when somebody's not being authentic. And when you are motivated by monetization as opposed to just authentically shining your light, um, it's pretty easy to spot if you're an intuitive person. And I just see a proliferation of this. And to me, spirituality is the most compelling and transformative when it's human, when it speaks to us in our human condition. And so my question for myself is like, how am I going to show up a little differently in this space? Because I feel like people really need encouragement, hope, love. They really need a message of what's possible right now more than ever. But it feels like there's just a lot of strange voices out here in the wilderness. And I'm trying to see where I fit into all of that these days. Alicia, in the live stream, answered your question by saying you sneak in the back door, which is an interesting way of looking at it. I love that. I love that. Yes. But also, when you mentioned Instagram, I thought to myself, well, I mean, isn't that kind of what Instagram is? There isn't isn't a whole lot of authenticity on Instagram. It's more like it's facades and and personas and And that's the way the culture is going predominantly this you've you've got TikTok, you know, you've got just these projections of authenticity that are not authentic. It's such a weird paradox. It's such an interesting time to be alive. (laughs) It is. Yes. Technology can't live with it. Can't live without it. I mean, it's just one of those things, right? (laughs) Yes. I I don't know. I, I personally think that the, the whole, Secret is something you probably already do. I, I imagine you do because I can't imagine you doing anything else, but you, you deal with it just by continuing to be authentic. I mean, cause like you say, you don't actually have to be all that intuitive to tell the difference. Correct. Honestly, so. you really, yes. you really don't. I mean, I, I've never considered myself to be highly intuitive, especially compared to many of the guests that I have here on the show, but I can tell that difference pretty easily. That, yes. That's not a tough call. No, it, it's not. It just seems strange to me that like the new, potential trend is to be entirely human and flawed (laughs) is to be entirely like, or putting your brokenness on display or sharing those parts of you that will allow somebody else to relate to you because they're in the same kind of a condition. We just don't have enough people, I think, showing that part of themselves. So I'm trying to determine for myself how, how I want to show up and do that in this kind of new chapter of my life. And at the same time, it's always the way when I kind of hang back and look at the screen of life and kind of go quiet. That's when spirit really starts talking. 
and like all these ideas and like channeling that's been coming through on all in all of these different areas, angels, things of that nature. It gets really dynamic when I get really quiet. So that's been happening too for me. That's cool. That's always fun when that happens. Yes, I would agree. Right? Because I mean, that that's when you can tell, like you said, that's when you know you're connected. That's when you know it's ap- you're actually in alignment with that other side of you, the the, the bigger side. Yes. <laughs> the Absolutely. one that's like, whoa, it's over there. Oh my goodness. There's that big, big piece of me over here. <laughs> right. And you get, it's easy to just really overly identify with the projection of this world, this illusion, if you will, mm-hmm. and think that you're actually that. But when you go into yourself and you go quiet, be still and know that I am God, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how dynamic and evidential the world of spirit is and can become. Uh, one thing that I've noticed in my private conversations away from the show is how often I'm talking with somebody who isn't into the kind of stuff we're into here at all. Um, very often they have perhaps a, a more traditional religious background or maybe uh, more of an agnostic, uh, atheistic background or, or something outside of the realm of what we talk about here. And yet it's amazing to me how often the terminologies are similar in a way mm-hmm. that they, they never were, say, even 20 years ago, let alone 40, 50 years ago. So despite the fact that, like you said, you got all this inauthenticity going on, you have a lot of fake facades and personas and all this kind of stuff going on, somehow authenticity just keeps to be, it keeps sneaking into the conversation anyway. Like it, it, it's almost like it couldn't even be avoided. I really think we're just in an era of dropping down into the heart or the heart chakra, if you will. Mm-hmm. And with the noise of everything happening and these false projections, I think people are really hungry for something mm-hmm. that is real yeah. and really trying to see themselves in you. And, and really, if you listen to Neville Goddard, he says, everything is just you pushed out. Right, like right. Everyone you meet is really just teaching you more about yourself. It's just a version of yourself you haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are looking for themselves in the work that we do and in each other. And it's just, um, it's just, like I said, it's an interesting time, but I think when we communicate from that heart space and when we're honest in that space, whether what we're saying is, um, easy or if it's difficult, it's challenging when we're communicating with the heart, people hear that every single time. So that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to do that more in my life. Emory, yeah, as you're listening to this, what, what's your take? What, what, what's the thing that you're latching onto the most? I, I think it's, it's that whole being quiet because I certainly over the last couple of months, I, I saw a friend recently I was, and she was like, what have you been doing? It's like, nothing. I've just been a hermit. I've been looking myself away and just dealing with the family. And that's what I needed is, is having that quiet space. And as you have that quiet space, that's when the realizations come in and you learn more and you, you have more time to reflect. And I think wonder if these, this is coming up for you on social media and Instagram is because you need to step away. You don't want to watch that. So it's been put in front of you. So you can take that break. Yes, I think so. And I think it's hard. I'm a human design generator. I don't know if you guys know your types of human design, um, but like, I just, I'm out here working. I'm just doing, 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 doing. So for somebody like me, mm-hmm to kind of step back and allow some space to just germinate or marinate. It's a little, it's not intuitive for me, but it is so rewarding when I figure out how to do it. Like I said, just evidences, um, angels, dreams, 
energy, kundalini, like all of that. <laughs> it's like we, we keep ourselves so busy in life that we don't give spirit space to like really work on us. But like when we do that, spirit always shows up every single time. It's true. It really does. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking on what I've been doing lately. I mean, I'm, uh, in, in the 3D world, in the real world, I'm dealing with the, uh, uh, imminent ramp up of the gardening business because we're entering gardening season around here. And I'm not doing a whole lot. I'm, I'm sitting back, which is kind of, a, that, that's a very odd experience, really, especially with this business because this time of year is usually go nuts time. Mm-hmm. Now, part of this is because I put a lot of time and effort over the last few years in, you know, smoothing things out, making things, you know, as easy to handle as possible, delegating as much as possible and so forth. And and certainly that's paying off, but it's also, I don't know how else to describe the experience except to say, I feel like everything else is going fast and I'm going slow. Does that make sense? Like it does, it, it, does it, it, it seems like I, I see, I, I go out, I don't go out in, in the world a lot. I go out, you know, I have certain activities that I go out for, but when I go out there, all of a sudden it looks really busy, really fast. I'm saying, whoa, where'd all this come from? And then I go back home <laughs> and it just calm right back down again. Yeah. It's like I'm living in a different world when I'm outside. I'm, I don't quite get it yet. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of the scripture that refers to spiritual people as like literal aliens. We are in this world, but we are not of it. And actually scripture calls us peculiar people because we do differentiate ourselves because we spend the time to slow down and go into the inner world. And really, if you want to change the pacing of what's showing up in the outer projected reality, the only way you can do that is by going into this kind of quiet inner sanctum, inner world, and start tooling around in there. When we start realigning things in there, that's when things will start shifting outside. So that's like what I'm trying. I'm trying to really grasp the re- the true reality, I believe, that I am everything and everything is me. And if I change my concept about people, systems, nations, politics, if I change my inner concept to one of less divisiveness and more love, it actually starts showing up in my outpictured reality in relatively short order. Shifts are, shifts happen. Um, policies change and we never connect those two things that you, just one person can actually make a huge, a huge difference if you start changing your concepts of self and others within. And that takes space and time and quiet. Imagine if more of us did it. Imagine if more of us envisioned this in our quiet time, what the world would look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine. It would look quite different. Well, speaking yes. of looking at the world differently, let's go to Louie because he always looks at the world differently from <laughs> anybody else on the show. So you're sitting there very quietly for the last 15 minutes. Louie, it's time to chime in. What are you thinking? Oh, where to begin? Um, there's something I like. <laughs> That's how I know that he's ready. He's just ready. He's like waiting for this opportunity. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Crystal, you said, uh, be still and know that I am God. Now, my mantra, which I created for myself many years ago, is be still and know that I am source. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Hmm. And uh, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that. I was just wondering where you picked that up from. Oh, that's a scripture. That's a scripture Uh, in in the Old Testament. It is a scripture, is it? I believe, yes. Oh, yes, it is a scripture. I mean, I come from evangelical fundamentalist Christianity, so I have a lot of scriptures within me that I'll pull out 
at the drop of a hat. But I, I love that. I mean, it just taking it down to the core, to the root, which is B. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it works very well for stilling my mind. Uh, it's exceptional. And uh, I just want to move the camera so I can see your face again because we've lost Amory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got my camera straight in my face here, which covers the screen. So, um, so that, that's one thing I, d- I just wanted to know. Now, uh, I'm fascinated that it actually comes from the Bible. You know, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Um, but I was brought up a Catholic and I listened to many, many hours of, you know, church services. So I probably picked it up from there as well, which is interesting to me. It's just something I hadn't picked up on. So thanks for telling me where you, where it actually <laughs> comes from. Absolutely. Um, even though I, I changed the word God to source because I do not like the word God because of all the different way people look at God and, the, you know, everybody sees it slightly differently. So. Um, I've replaced the word source. Um, so the other thing is you, you mentioned the whole authenticity thing that, that really strikes close to home to me because I've always focused on being as absolutely authentic as I possibly can. It's drilled deeply into me. It's from, from when I was trying to understand what is life, truth and God from a kid. Um, you know, so it's, it's very important to me to be as authentic as absolutely possible. Um, and be unauthentic, but authentically, if you know what I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you can play with life and with people and with everything, but you're still doing it from a very authentic po- point of view and place. Um, so, you know, it doesn't limit me at all, by the way, not at all. <laughs> the authentic authenticity aspect. Um, and I think that's a good understanding as well to look at authenticity as also being able to completely play with it. You don't have to take it too seriously. Um, the the question I wanted to ask you was you you talked about you know gurus and all the rest of it is is there anybody who stands out for you who who kind of um, is is a role model of what you think would be a brilliant place to be or focus or you know that good role model or something? I would have to go with Edgar Casey primarily, and the reason is that. We have a lot in common, he and I, you mm-hmm. know, um, he started off, I think he was a, a Baptist. He was a literalist. He would sleep on his Bible and he'd wake up memorizing it. Um, but he was also a, a very psychic person. But in his ministry of psychism, he had so much integrity. Like he did all of his readings for presidents, for CEOs, for lowly people. He did them all for free. And what he created, he's called the father of holistic medicine. I mean, he just downloaded and channeled all these natural remedies. He cataloged and archived them. He built a hospital for people who couldn't afford treatments so that he could give them his treatments. Just a, a pillar of aligned spirituality. So I, I would probably start with him. Um, and I would also probably count Neville Goddard as just one of those voices. And it's interesting because he used a lot of Christian terminology too. And I wouldn't really call myself a Christian. I used to be, of course, that's my paradigm in my vocabulary, but I wouldn't really call myself that. But just how he was able to extract from scripture, just eternal uh, tenets on manifestation in life, and teach it, I just thought was amazing as an example. Well, he was also mm-hmm. one who, he didn't actually teach uh, cr- Christian teaching the way Christians do. He would take the Absolutely same not. story and turn it into a metaphorical story 
And, and right. it was a metaphor for consciousness, basically. So everything was about consciousness and how consciousness interrelates with itself and so on and so forth. So it was, it was very, very different from what, which was really interesting because I don't know why this was, but the Catholic church at that time that he was out doing his stuff was, was very receptive to him. So he did most of his teaching in Catholic churches. Wild. I, I, I still don't know how he did that. <laughs> I, I haven't figured that part out yet. It's, it's really incredible in it some is, very large cities too. Yeah. And you can still find his um, teaching and his actual voice on YouTube. There's so many of, yeah. like mm-hmm. videos of Neville. And like even if you're not listening super close to what he's saying, if you're just allowing yourself to be energetically present with his words, you will receive downloads and activations just from him speaking. That's how connected he mm-hmm. was. And I totally agree with you, Walt. Like He blew my mind when he described uh, the story of Jacob and Esau and Isaac. And I had always wondered about that particular story. I won't go into it, but he just had such a different interpretation of completely different, a completely different interpretation of it. And I was just like, whoa, the idea that I could take some of these stories that I grew up on and really see them with spiritual eyes was just, was just, it, it was a game changer for me, for sure. Neville, and, Neville, Neville. In fact, I have to say the one thing that's confusing about Neville is that just about everything for him is consciousness. So God is consciousness and Jesus is consciousness and the Holy Spirit is consciousness. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What is in consciousness? <laughs> Indeed. Maybe it all is. <laughs> Maybe it all is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's the kind of path he gets you on with, with all the stuff that he talks about. And it takes him getting used to because it's not like he gives you a glossary. Right. Right. I mean, you have to figure it out. And you yes. have to listen and you have to listen carefully and, and grasp. Now he does give you little clues here or there. So if you listen for the clues and you, and you read very carefully in what he wrote and, and really parse it to understand what was he actually trying to tell me at that point, then you start to put piece it together. Then you start to realize, Oh, this is really, really different from what I learned. Cause well, you did lots of podcasts on, uh, with who was it again? Uh, Cindy actually did. did Cindy, Cindy yeah. Chavez, yeah. All, yeah, we, all we, we, with we, the Neville Goddard. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we we did almost all the Neville, Neville Goddard books from cover to cover. Wow, I got to like, go back and listen to that. Really, it was fun. <laughs> it was. I was glad that Cindy was doing it with me because she has such a broad range of understanding about the various religions, and it really helped a lot. But yeah, it was <laughs> that was quite a a journey that we were on, just exploring all that stuff. I and, bet. And and the the one thing that probably shocked me more than anything else. I don't know why it shocked me because this happens so often with so many teachings in this field, but it was almost like every single book was a repeat of the last book. Mm-hmm. It was the same messages over and over and over again. It's told a little bit differently every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like Abram Hicks? Well, kind of. Yes. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. But that repetition aids in the embedding of the energy Absolutely. and the information. And, you know, I found myself reading some of Neville, especially when he's getting into like the Christian terminology super deeply, mm. like densely. I found myself just kind of disengaging or unhooking my thinking brain, like trying to effort my way into understanding what the heck he's talking Mm -hmm. about. And Mm -hmm. again, just really being present with the energy of it. And I'll find that maybe I didn't intelligently understand it in that moment or on that day, but like three days later, something's starting to unfold and I'm starting to see, oh, I integrated some of that. And now I can make some connections that I didn't make. And this is what I'm talking about with regard to downloads and attunements that you receive just listening to his voice. Or just reading the reading the words and a feeling is the secret. Thirty three pages that'll change your whole life 
if you read it, I read that for people every single year. We do it every year and every single year it shifts something in me. Mm. Cause you always see something new, something you didn't notice last time around. Yes. Yep. So Crystal, I wanted to, to take it to another level here. Um, do you have any living, uh, uh, people, mentors (laughs) that you admire? I mean, I, I would say mundane people that are in my life that are profound teachers to me, people that you wouldn't know. I mean, I look up to different aspects or characteristics of great teachers. You know, there's something Abraham Hicks or something in Tony Robbins or something in Sadhguru. There's, there's all these different voices that I very, very much like. But I mean, I, I think it's just the normal people that I meet when I'm walking down the street. These mm-hmm. are the people that I meet each day <laughs> that teach me the most probably because I see myself in them, myself in them. But it's only after cultivating the ability to look for myself in other people, yes. which is an intention, mm-hmm. right? I have mm-hmm. to have the awareness of that in order to be able to learn from these folks. I'll, I'll tell you an experience I had. I've mentioned it once before on the show, but, um, you know, I was going through spiritual changes at that stage and I just walking in a shopping center in a mall and I just saw different people and I saw that I was then I saw I was a fat lady I saw I was a little boy and I you know I saw as the 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 teenage girl I saw you know and I was literally laughing I was falling on the floor laughing I just couldn't believe I could actually see that I was them (laughs) and it was the weirdest experience I've ever experienced um one of the weirdest (laughs) um it was just really mind blowing uh, the clarity that that I knew that I was them, and you know that they were a perfect mirror for me. And more than that, it was really I was them. It well, was you're like about we that. were all one and kind of experience, but it, in in a mall, <laughs> fully conscious, <laughs> wandering around, and uh, just really wanting to laugh my head off. I was, you know, it's on. <laughs> holding my stomach on the floor. I couldn't, couldn't do anything else, but uh, it was really weird because I could actually see I was them. Yeah. When you're talking about that, I'm reminded of an old Beatles lyric that used to confuse the heck out of me. And now I look at it and say, well, yeah, of course, <laughs> but it's the lyric from I am the walrus. Mm-hmm. I am he as you are. He as you are me as we are all together. Yep. Now I, I used to focus on that when I was young and I'd say, what the heck were they smoking? <laughs> now you get it. Now I get it. Now it's so crystal clear. It's obvious. How could I have not gotten it then? It's part of what I asked. Crystal myself. clear. <laughs> crystal clear, yeah. Let me ask that, you that this. Oh, sorry. I was, no, I was just going to say that absolutely blew my mind when I first heard that, and I just couldn't get it. And obviously you come to around, but I was like, how can I be them? How can everybody be me? I was, what? <laughs> and then your consciousness starts to shift and, and then you're like, oh, rise. And then you're like, oh, I, I get that completely. It. And it's yeah. true. I wanted to ask you, do you guys believe in the concept? I know Dolores Cannon talked about this, but of background people, which That's I think the, the kids are calling NPCs, which are just, Dolores Cannon talked in playing characters. Yes. Like people who show up in our life in the background of our life, but they're not actually embodied souls. They're just here to facilitate the program and the play. I was wondering if you guys ever heard of this or what do you think about that? Are we talking divination or? I don't know. Oh, divination. 
or divination? No, diva, divination. Divination will be the fairies and the gnomes and the. Oh, oh, um, oh. no! Cetera, like actual, no. actual people. Because what Dolores actual means what disembodied? Human <laughs> yeah, no, physical, physical, physical human beings. The people oh, at the coffee shop. Beings. People that okay. are in your Safeway, people that are driving okay. in the cars alongside you on the highway, this idea that they're not actually embodied soul people like you and I, I mean, maybe, I hope we are, <laughs> but I mean that they're actually just players, if you will, to to further the program. NPCs, okay. Well, the kids um, call them NPCs to dismiss people as having no personality or identity, yeah, but like yeah. this spiritual concept is that this is all just kind of a big illusion and the universe has populated it with people to further our play. So you guys haven't heard that. No, I mean, the, the concept is completely accurate um, from the point of view. Nothing is perceived outside yourself. Hmm. Nothing. You know, if you're feeling somebody, you're actually sensing the, 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 the tingling in the end of your fingers. You're not actually feeling anybody else. You're, you're perceiving what, what, what the, the information that comes from inside you. <clears throat> so everything, if you're seeing something, you know, you're not actually seeing it. It's, it's just, you know, you're perceiving. Oh, I, I, it's very difficult to explain, but it's actually not, not that difficult. Um, Everything comes from inside, you know, your five physical senses are the way you perceive the world and nothing is out, outside them. You know, you can perceive, you can think they're out there, but not necessary. And it's all about your perception and the way one person perceives, you know, you take five people who just see a, a baby, a woman pushing a pram, they have an accident in a car and you ask 10 different people, everybody will see a different story. So, you know, what's actually true? Um, it, it's basically your own perception. So, you know, it's, it's alluding to that understanding that everything is perceived with inside ourselves. Like Sagaru said the other day, you know, there's a difference between love and relationships. And I thought, that's interesting. So what do you mean by that? So he said, you know, love, I, I, I can wake up every morning feeling absolutely in love and, and you know, in perfect harmony with the, with the universe, etc. I don't need anybody else to do it. I don't need anybody else to stimulate that. I don't need anything, anything. And I can teach you how to wake up every morning and, uh, you know, feel really balanced and, and beautiful and, and feel in love. And, you know, relationships are something you have to work on. He put, he points out, you know, so, you know, you, the, and I think that distinction between the two is very, very, very important mm -hmm. to understand that. You know, you might use somebody as an excuse because I love you, um, you know, uh, but when you don't like me anymore, then I feel bad and I feel horrible, you know. So you, you need you need to be in a place where somebody else is not controlling the narrative, where you're controlling the narrative. Hmm. I like that. I, I don't think we've ever talked about it in terms of background people. I don't think we've used that terminology, but we've talked about the concept a lot. We just call it the matrix. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> As part the of thing. the matrix, yes. Yeah. It's the same concept. You know, so if anyone who struggles with the concept, just think about the movies and you got it. <laughs> it's exactly. pretty straightforward at that point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but my, my question to you, Crystal, is why are you bringing it up and what are you thinking at the moment about that subject? I'm, well, I'm just, I'm, I honestly think that you guys are deeply spiritual, thoughtful people, and I'm just curious to, to pick your brain on it. But I mean, I think I tend to believe it. 
I think I tend to, and I think I feel it as well. Um, when I connect into what's happening in the landscape of my life, that there are just folks or people physical, they're physical people, but that are not fully present either because something, some kind of a degradation has taken place during their lifetime or they never really were. <laughs> and so, um, and which kind of just speaks to, again, this projected reality that we're always, always taking in. How much of it is even real in the first place? You don't really know until you go in and check with yourself. But I think a lot of it's not real. Well, here's an interesting question then. If everything is, um, how am I going to say this? If everything originates from source energy and everything is source energy, if, ever, if everything is actually to kind of borrow from the, the Neville phrase, source energy pushed out, or to use the Abraham Hicks phrase, everything is an extension of source energy. If, if that's the case, then is it really possible for any of it to be inauthentic? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so now I have to go back to what's the definition of a background person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, but I mean, yeah, I mean, just, but just as a tree is real, um, it doesn't necessarily impact my life necessarily, but it is mm. a real thing. But I mean, is it intelligent in its consciousness? I mean, yes, it is. I think so. But I just think that this idea that there's projections from the Maya or the matrix and that people get so lost in interacting with the projection and they misidentify who it is that they are by thinking that they're a part of the projection when so much of that is not real or spiritually intelligent. And they get, we get, we come into this life knowing it's like this, that inherently within the matrix, we're going to lose ourselves, contract amnesia and have to remember who we are in order to overcome it. That whole theory is, um, that's not a theory. I believe it. That whole reality is is so interesting to me and the amount of time people waste getting lost doing loops in the illusion is it wasted well see now we gotta zoom up now we're going meta <laughs> now we're zooming from 3d up to 5d nothing is wasted nothing is lost but as a soul you came here to do certain things right and i believe you wrote it down in your blueprint you said i've got to do this thing i'm going to come here to meet this person i'm going to have this type of a purpose and so you did come here to do specific things as a soul, but from a meta level, yeah, of course, nothing is wasted. Yeah, my favorite way of expressing so, it is when I think about having come to this 3D world with, with a degree of intention, the, the, the phrase that always comes to my mind is, what was I thinking? <laughs> <Yeah>. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And Alicia knows this. She's, I, I know Alicia and she loves the Beatles, by the way. But, um, so do I. I I just, I think when I pass and I finally cross, and I don't know why this is, because I remember when my mom crossed, she said, I don't want to come back. I'm not coming back to this insane asylum, but then <laughs> here she is on route doing exactly that. I, um, I think to myself, like, I'm at least give me a few hundred years off. I mean, get yourself together, <laughs> humanity. Okay. I'll come back when things are a little different, but for whatever reason, as a soul, I feel like once we get over there and we acclimate and we do whatever we do, we always want to come back here. Mm. Why? Why? Because life is beautiful. It is. <laughs> Love is beautiful. Food is wonderful. Sex is gorgeous. There's so many beautiful things about life. Mm. And, and, and manifestation in a delayed system is also interesting. Like, what can I manifest over time in this space? That's probably why. 
That's true. So there's, there's a, f- a few things I wanted to bring up with, with relation to all this. Number one is how Abram Hicks would put it. Um, Abram Hicks would say that <clears throat> we are, um, we are non-physical before we come to this physical time-space reality. Um, we decide to come to this time-space reality because source is, is default, um, is expansion. And to expand, we need to come into a contrasting universe. And in the contrasting universe, when you know what you don't want, you have a better idea what you do want, and you mm. expand. And you don't only expand yourself, but you expand the entire source energy. That's one way of looking at it. Mm. And another way of looking at it is um, if somebody said to me, Louis, what do you think is heaven? I said, I don't know. They say, Louis, what do you think of hell? I don't know. Uh, where's God? I don't know. It's not up there because the world's turning. And if it was up there at night time, it must be down there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great 3D explanation. I love that one. <laughs> now, the, the thing I'm trying to point out with this understanding is, is I'm, I'm, I've, come to an understanding now and a clarity that I don't talk about things I don't know about. Mm-hmm. I don't have any personal experience about. I will I'll literally say, I don't know. And in saying you don't know, there's an incredible openness and a freedom and an, and, and allowing anything to be. But a lot of people are not able to say, I don't know. And they don't really fully understand the power of I don't know. And if everybody said, I don't know, then there wouldn't be the conflict between religions, would there? Mm-hmm. You know, one God versus another God versus another God. If everybody said, I don't really know, we could all be happy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so th- those are two things I just wanted to bring in. I love that. And no, I think it's, okay. I think it's, I think it's powerful as well to say that you don't know. And it also, creates a space of possibility like well what can exactly. i know <laughs> what's exactly. available right now for me to know mm-hmm. because if you're always claiming that you know or that you have all the knowledge like what can you really learn where how mm-hmm. can you really shift and you want how can you change but when you admit it and you open yourself up and receive that's when things start to get interesting mm-hmm. yes yeah usually the opportunity to explore it further doesn't it yes and and to be challenged by it too because what we were talking about is what happens when you get different perspectives. And sometimes those perspectives you don't necessarily like. But boy, you can often, often. Do, do you know when, when I say to my children, when they ask me certain questions and I say, I don't know, they have respect for that. Mm-hmm. And I think the youth really respect that answer. Mm-hmm. I think there's too many people who are going out there stating that they're an authority on this, that, and the other. And really, they don't know. And the kids can sense at a mile away, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That intuitiveness that they've got, you know, and um, they're bullshit monitors, as they might want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they really know. And you, you've got to be, you've got to be really honest. And that honesty will bring you a lot of freedom. I, I agree. I was on a, a different um, podcast recently and I was talking about my experiences with spirits and guides and things of this nature. And he was a different than I expected going on the podcast. He had a lot of a lot uh, that he wanted to challenge me on, which I was perfectly fine with. But he ultimately asked me, 
how willing are you to capitulate that maybe that didn't happen and that maybe that's just a function of your neurology mm-hmm. like or maybe that you're not right about that and mm-hmm. i thought about it and i said oh, 50% and he's like that's actually a lot and i'm like well but i mean i i can't be so sure and i can't also experience a spiritual evidence or phenomena and be so excited to label it so as to judge it and tell you what it, i can't be that sure about anything so mm-hmm. i mean i I have to be willing to admit that I don't know everything. I mean, especially in this particular experience in 3D reality, we just don't know. I've had experiences. I've I've had gnosis, if you will. I've had encounters. But did I have them with something other than me? Is anything other than me? <laughs> Who knows, right? So. <laughs> I know when the kids ask me... Of- Sorry, Sorry, I was just going to say, when the kids ask me, and I don't know, or uh, they ask me, is so-and-so real? I can just go, I can tell you what I believe. Mm. So I can offer them what my choice is, but it's a big open question still, and it's an open answer. Saying I believe means you're you're still putting yourself in a very specific point of view. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. We're often, you know, if... My daughter said to me, what's heaven? I would say, I'm sorry, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, if somebody says to me these days, tell me about your out of body experiences. And I'll say, well, I don't know if I want to call them an out of body experience, but I will tell you verbatim what I experienced and you can make up your mind or how you want to label it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's what I do these days. So, you know, I'm very careful about answering these questions these days um, and just being extremely honest with myself and letting anybody else make whatever deductions they want to out of it, because everybody's intelligent enough, most people intelligent enough to make um, a decision about what anybody's saying to them. So, Right. Um, I think, I, just, I think, mm, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just think it's so, so important just to, just to say it as it experienced it, because yes. I've had so many different experiences and literally, I don't know which one's out of body, which one's this dimension, which one's that. I had no clue. No, I really don't. <laughs> but in the old days, I used to label them. I used to have a very clear idea where they were and mm-hmm. where they weren't. But now that I've become really honest with myself, I, I don't really know. Um, and my idea is now, as I've mentioned many times on the show, but, you know, the human body is a vibrational interpreting machine. I don't know if I mentioned this to you last time. But um, so your fingers can feel different textures which are different vibrations your eyes can see different colors which are different vibrations your ears can hear different sounds which are different vibrations so the physical body is a vibrational interpreting machine and if you if you like a a radio you know one of those old radios where you tune into different stations if you tune into a different vibration you can perceive different things you can see auras you can do this you can do that you can do the other you can leave your body etc etc so um learning to change your point of view by turning the dial um, is what a lot of people are experiencing with the psychics and the mystics and the mm-hmm. this and the that and the spiritual experiences that you're tuning into source energy is the oneness experience, etc. So, um, if you have you read any of Carlos Castaneda's books? No, uh, Don Juan. Uh, yeah, Don Juan. That one, Teachings of John Juan, many, many, yeah. many years ago. Yeah, yeah, but none of the other ones. S- so I pretty much read them all. And basically what he's saying is that these shamans um, were able to literally turn that dial to another dial and live in another world. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Completely, physically, just completely move into another world and then move back again if they want. I think that or, has happened with that. all kinds of civilizations that have just gone yep. missing. It's just a vibratory yeah. shift. Yeah. Shift. And they're in a different dimensional space. They're just no longer on this one. But I also think they're probably sharing a space very similar to this one and maybe even mm-hmm. coexisting to some degree. We're just passing by each other's ships in the night. I think the older I get, <laughs> the more I wonder how many of these spiritual evidences, whether it's hearing a voice, a knock on the wall, seeing a spirit, cupboard doors opening, is actually poltergeistic. We all know what poltergeists are. They're um, evidences that happen in your space that are generated by you or someone in your space, usually a teenage girl who's very, a lot of hormones going on. And so she's causing some, something to happen in the space, paranormally speaking. I think encounters with angels, encounters with spirit guides, I think um, channeling downloads, we tend to associate this as something happening to us, but I think it's happening because of us a lot of it absolutely yes and i've hit the nail on the head yeah it's we can call it the other um and i think this extends out into so many other things like a lot of the natural disasters that are happening a lot of the shifts that are happening in our countries this is all poltergeistic it's all because of us collectively and what we are out picturing but we're just assigning belief to it and judgment to it Mm -hmm. and calling it something when it's all inside of us in the first place I love the way you expressed it because it was so much better than what I was going to say. Seriously, it was really, really well done. I love that. Well, you know how um, – I was just talking to a friend about this, but you know how people go out and they hunt for Bigfoot and they go out into the forest and they get their vibration up and they get their intention up and they, they pitch their tent. They're sitting in their tent and all of a sudden they're hearing clacks, wood knocks. They're getting rocks thrown at their tent. They don't see anything. Most of the time, but there's some kind of evidence happening. Mm. I think it's because of them and their heightened anxiety or their heightened expectation. And in this charged space, is there a Bigfoot or is it all you? Are there UFOs? Are there aliens? Is it all just us projecting? I think Carl Jung posited that UFOs, this was just a projection of our inner world. I, so I think that I think of this and I think of um, the idea that we are all creators and, and there's, there are whole discussions on, on that topic too. I won't go into that. I won't go too far down that rabbit hole. I'll just you know, assert that yes, we're all creators. And so the question that comes up in my mind is, so what happens when you get all these creators coming into one space, a 3d space at the same time? And the answer is what we're saying here. This yeah. <laughs> exactly this. Yeah. And so many of those creators don't know that they're creators and have no Which idea. Which makes it even more interesting. Con- it very much so. Yeah. I mean, very, that, I think very the wild. background people thing, I think that's where the background people concept really starts to have some sense to it. Go on. It, How so? Well, because, like you said, people don't always know that they're creating. I think that, that what are often labeled as background people could very easily be described as people who aren't really conscious of what they're doing. Right. Just generating, 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 out of reaction, have no idea. Okay, let's go. Drive this car. Where's the steering wheel? I don't know. Let's go. <laughs> right. Right. So, so last week I was speaking to some students and um, I was saying to them, you know, when I was young, I really wanted to understand why I was here. I couldn't, you know, study math, history, biology, science, because nobody told me why I was here. Teach me why I'm here. Then I'll learn all these things from you. No problem. So um, I said to them, not knowing why I'm here. It's like wandering around like this. 
<laughs> your hands over your eyes for the podcast listeners. <laughs> um, so, you know. Well, it's also similar to the two year old. It's also similar to the two year old who covers his eyes and says, You can't see me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I'm trying to point out here is, is the same thing about these NPCs, you know? These NPCs are, are, are generally people who who are playing with life, which is correct, but they're not really any idea why they're here. And even when I ask their students, Do you, have you ever thought about why you're here? Oh, no, never thought about that. You know, and, you know, it's like the basics of the program is like the foundation of the house. Like, why, why haven't you got the foundation down? You know, otherwise the house is going to fall over. And that's where all the psychological dramas, et cetera, happen because we, we don't know how to take care of our two most powerful faculties, our memory and our imagination. And because we don't know how to deal with that, we cut ourselves up. We, we go through um, education, which in the West teaches you to become uh, intellectually strong and powerful. And, and that becomes an, uh, a mental knife. Now we've got this mental knife and we go around wielding it everywhere. We just cut up everything and we cut ourselves up and we cut other people up and we use this knife because we haven't learned the importance of our creativity, which is used really to focus on manifesting what we want mm -hmm. so that we can be happy and move forward and, and enjoy life. Because as Abraham Nick says, when you want something and you get it, you feel very good. When you mm -hmm. want something and you don't get it, you feel really shitty. And it's a very basic premise and a very obvious but when you put it in context, it's like, oh, okay. Now I know what I've got to use this thing for. I've got to be focusing where I'm going. Let's be clear about it. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, that's just something I wanted to bring in. Well, if NPCs or background people exist and everything is just me pushed out, then they are an aspect of me maybe those unconscious aspects of me that I am completely unaware of in the background of my awareness. And so maybe that's another way to look at these, as Alicia calls them, seat fillers of the world. <laughs> these people are just seat sitting fillers. in the seats, right? <laughs> Create non-reaction. But like these are actually, this actually speaks to an aspect with it. What am I creating in my life that I am completely unaware of, right? Every day is not a good day when you're a human. Sometimes you mm -hmm. wake up, you don't feel great. You're fighting with your husband. Your kids are just making a racket. And unless you you're, I know, <laughs> I heard, <laughs> but I mean, unless you're conscious and intentional and always minding your vibration, but like, you know, we click out every now and again, maybe we become the background person. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting if they changed totally the cliche, change the cliche from mind your own business to mind your own vibration? Yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, I mean, the NPCs, if you want to look at them from a different perspective, is um, they're, they're in their own worlds and they're experiencing kind of what you're experiencing. They're, they've seen the different vibrations, which sometimes look like humans or frogs or animals or walls or doors or whatever. Um, so you've got a lot of them collecting together. And, and this is what Abram Hicks points out. The guy said to him, Abram, you say we can be and do it have anything we want why aren't we all flying around like superman he said that's a very good question so what happens is the reason why the physical universe is so great is because there's a stability to it because everybody who walks out of their house doesn't float upwards because everybody believes that the earth's going to hold them down and that universal belief of everybody 
creates, guess what? Gravity. <laughs> so this combined thought process of all of us have created gravity. And that's why scientists can't understand what gravity is, because it's really just a thought form. And I don't know if that's true, so I'll be honest. <laughs> this is something I'm making up along the way. <laughs> I believe um, it. If that's interesting yes. to you, I, I I believe it totally. I think it's yeah. true. Yeah, that's your problem. That's not a problem. It's a solution. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> you get the point. Um, so the interesting thing is, I said, if you if you want to learn to fly like Superman, Abram Hicks is saying, is that Start off by having out-of-body experiences. Play with that because a lot of people have had that and there's a there's an active vibration within that which you can ride on so that you can start having your own experiences. And then, you know, once the first person starts flying and the other people see it, then you will all be flying. But there's a there's a pivot point where, you know, you mm -hmm. get to need to get that vibration up to speed so that everybody's there. And that just blew my mind. That that just took me to dimensions of our energy crisis and all the rest of none of this is necessary. It's all a belief. Mm. It's all a belief, all of it, all of it. And when you start breaking that down, it starts blowing your little mind to pieces. <laughs> I've lost more brain cells off that over that topic than anything else, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Yeah, that's wow. the way that tends to work. It's something. Special power, uh, one of the uh, people listening in the live stream made an interesting comment. I wanted to get you guys' take on it. I uh, said, um, these other beings who are also contacting us, they are not created in my mind. What do you guys think? Are you sure? <laughs> That's my first question. <laughs> are you sure? I mean, I mean, maybe. They aren't. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe it's all the same thing. Like, for example, when I'm having an encounter with an angel, for example, I, I do work with angels. I used to consider the angel as being outside of myself. And because of that, I felt like, oh, I had to have a certain kind of deference for this angel. This angel's in a higher dimension than me. But then came the awareness, well, no, this angel is just another version of me existing inside the field that is me connected to me. Um, so, but is it an angel? Yes. But is it also me? Yes. <laughs> so both of those things are existing at the same time. It's really how you experience it and the assignment of the definition that you give it. I, I like the answer. I, I also think about questions like these in terms of my model of how source energy works. And I am the first one to admit that my model um, needs to be fleshed out some more. It needs needs to be filled out. But whenever I, I think about two beings interacting, I also think about their connection. So it, it it's almost like there was a goo, all right, like a, a, a goo that, that can be shaped into shapes and all of that. And, and the goo creates a, a shape of itself over here, and it creates another shape over here, and the two are looking at each other, and that there's goo in between them. So are they individual? Are they connected? Are they separate? Are they together? There's like a, a whole bunch of different ways of trying to describe that one situation. And every single one of those those methods of description have limitations because they're limited by the fact that they're words, the words that we're trying to apply to describe what we're experiencing as we, as we look at that. Uh -huh. And if I take those words 
and bring them back to, okay, we got these two gooey globs connected together doing this thing in, in relationship to each other. What, what does that tell me? What does it tell me to have these words to describe it? And often the answer is it isn't so much what the words have to tell me. It's what my model has to tell me. My model with all of its strengths and weaknesses is saying to me, yes, 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 yes to that. Yes to this. Yes to us being separate. Yes to us being different. Yes to us being connected. Yes to us being disconnected. Yes to us being in alignment. Yes to us being out of alignment. Yes, 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 yes. Which is very confusing, but mm-hmm. it's also helpful for me when I'm looking at my model <laughs> to understand what's going on. Because my model, somehow, despite the fact that the words don't seem to, to make sense half the time, the model continues to make sense. So that's why I stick with that model. That's why I like it so much. I like that. I like that. Well, you know, the Kabbalion talks about the all that is. And the all that is is the Kabbalion. Which oh, is, the uh, the um, God is uh, the all that is, and the all that is is ineffable, unspeakable, unknowable, unchangeable. And yet, within the creation of the all that is, we have to exist within the structure of the system of the universe, the dimensions, the third dimensional incarnation. Like there is organization and rules to the creation. And so, but the all that is is in everything because it's the all that is. And so you were, you were, you know, you're talking about looking, looking at, um, a woman or looking at a child and relating to yourself that that's all you. Well, I think God does that with us all the time, looking at us on this beautiful call, <laughs> looking at your face, my face, everybody's face and seeing You God's, really think it has got eyes. It, it's got, <laughs> yes, <laughs> spiritual, spiritual eyes, <laughs> spiritual eyes. So it's. It's just, it's the partition, it's the differentiation, it's the system of creation, but it's, it's, we're all the same thing. So yes, I mean, I think you can create the beings that are visiting the earth. I think that we create so much that we're not conscious to, that we don't even know what exists inside of us. It's untapped at this time and we're creating all the time, every single moment of every day. But at the same time, it's all a part of this big dynamic system. So I, I'm open to the idea that it's aliens. Or that it's Bigfoot. And Alicia, I believe in a physical Bigfoot. I'm with you. But I mean, not every time. Sometimes it's just us. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter e- either? Does it matter? <laughs> That's always a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> you see, we, we often go, if I, and, I, and I think about my student days and, and all these philosophical ideas that you start throwing around and when you get older you realize what a waste of time what a waste of <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was not practical didn't get me anywhere it doesn't didn't sort out anything and then and then you really start seeing well this is how things are at the moment and this is how I perceive them and this is how it can work with what i've got and let's make the best of that and let's 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 create this and let's do that and you know, I've got a new idea of a website that, oh yeah, this is incredible. And, you know, and, and then you, then you go off and you, you be something and do something in this world. Um, we're constantly just talking about it and, and, and philosoph- uh, philosophizing. Um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, I've always said philosophy is useless unless it's very practical. <clears throat> and some people consider me quite philosophical, but, you know, I, it's just, 
the practical parts of it. <laughs> the rest just they're not interested in, you know. Because <laughs> um, you can, it's just psychological drama. You can just go on mm. and on and on about so many parameters. But, you know, yeah, some of the experiences I've had is just like I was in the sauna the other day and this, this woman was saying to me, you know, he's, God is, uh, you know, he's such a great this and that. that. And I said, um, you mean she? I said, no, 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 you. Why, <laughs> why is God a he? A God made male and female. Why does it have to be either? Oh, um, you know. <laughs> and uh, by the time we were finished, I said, can you even, like somebody asked you, can you even, you know, try and think of God as a she? You know, can you even allow yourself that opportunity? Nope, couldn't. Absolutely not. Not in the Bible. It says, you know, came over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's to me. I just want to remove the limitations of everything. And I find a lot of the religions and different beliefs out there create um, different focuses. Now, Sadhguru made a very interesting statement. He said, do you know why gurus say, I'm the only way? Why Jesus said, I'm the only way? He says, because to get your students following a certain path and not getting distracted by everything, they all say that. All good masters say, this is the only way. And I was like, ah. <laughs> you know, it was a light bulb moment for me because I was always wondering how that will work because I've looked at many different religions and they all say they're the only way. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yet there's also the, the teaching of the mother duck. How does a mother duck get her ducklings to line up? Well, she starts walking. <laughs> That's the whole secret. She just starts walking. <laughs> she doesn't do anything. My example, yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been so much fun. I, I really appreciate it. I, I, I'll, I'll I share one more lyric. Over. Yeah, it is over. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll share one more lyric that came to me from a, a different artist, um, Emerson Lake and Palmer. The, the lyric is, welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. Thank you, Crystal Ann, for joining oh us and gosh. for sharing more stuff. And Thank you. com is where to find you, I pres presume. I don't think that's really changed, right? So, correct, uh, correct. Anyone, correct. Who, anyone who wants to reach out, that's where they should find you. But uh, we're going to have to find another time for you to come back. This is just so much fun. Uh, yes, please. Have <laughs> <laughs> yes, so much fun. Yes. <laughs> It is such a treat. And thank you, live streamers. Live streamers made it really fun today. So thank you guys as well. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Lee. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone.